Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I don't have an opening scripture tonight. Uh, I do have some scriptures, though, because this is Bible study. Amen. Uh, But I would like to uh, give you my title of my lesson, and that is, It's Your Choice to Make. It's Your Choice to Make. Now, when I was growing up, back in the, the 70s, when we were in middle school and high school, Uh, You know, we had to do book reports. You remember book reports? And in English class uh, specifically, they had several uh, books that that were read back then, and a lot of them were classics. And one of those classics was called A Tale of Two Cities, written by Charles Dickens. And it was a a novel set um, in the two cities were, of course, London and Paris. And it was set in the time period before and during the French Revolution. And, uh, you know, we had to do book reports on that and all that stuff. But I just want to read the opening passage from that book because it has to uh, do what kind of with what I'm talking about tonight. And it, it opens like this. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. So notice there was a contrast. You know, it was like opposite ends. It was a good thing, it was a bad thing. It was this, it was that, it whatever. But you know what I I take away from that? There's always two ways to look at things in life. Amen. And I believe our perspective has a lot to do with our choices. And uh, and how we look at things has a lot to do with our choices. You know, we can, you know, like the old saying goes, we can look at the glass and say, this glass is half empty or this glass is half full. But what we really need to remember about the glass is that it's refillable. Amen. And when you look to God as your source, your supreme and really only true source, amen, there will always be plenty more where that came from. Because my Bible said in Psalm 23, 5, my cup runs over. It's not half empty. It's not half full. It's running over. I can't drink it fast enough. Amen. And that's why Jesus said, when the Spirit comes in your life, rivers of living water flowing out from your innermost being. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, uh, Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I think that's a very wise statement because it's all about perspective. It's all about choice. It's our choice to decide what we will treasure in life. You know, what's most important to us. Amen. Because that's where our time is going to go. 
That's where our energy is going to go. That's where our mental capacity is going to go. That's where our finances are going to go. What we treasure in life. Amen. Will it be God and family? Or will it be a myriad of other things that are available for us to choose? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus in part of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 19, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where three thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Our treasure doesn't follow our heart. Our heart follows our treasure. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Amen. And really where your heart is, that's where, you're, that's where you are. Amen. We can, we can be thinking about something. We can be hand-hand about something. But when we got our heart somewhere, that's where we are. Our heart is the, the heart of the matter. No pun intended. But, you know, uh, so what our heart is devoted to and given to is what we treasure in life. You know, people will serve what they choose to give themselves wholeheartedly to, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, to serve is to attend to, to wait on, to minister to, to, uh, to tend to, and to esteem. So we will serve what we uh, wholeheartedly give our heart to, whether it's good or bad. We will be in attendance to that. We will esteem that in our life. We will wait on that. We will put all of our time and energy into that. For example, if a person chooses to give themselves to getting high in their life, they're going to serve drugs because getting high is just one part of it. Then there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that will you know, cause grief that goes along with that life. If a person chooses to give themselves to getting drunk, they will serve alcohol. If a person chooses to give themselves to money and earthly possess possessions, they will serve their job. Amen. And that will be number one. But on the other hand, if a person chooses to give themselves and devote themselves to God and family first, amen, then they will serve the Lord and they will be in service and dedication to their family. Amen. Praise God. God, God never said you ha I, that he has to be the only thing in our lives. He just said, I need to be number one. Amen. And then all these things will fall into place. The greatest treasure that we can have in our life is the Spirit of God living inside of us. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. See, we're the earthen vessel. We're the glorified mud balls walking around, right? Because he took the dust of the earth and he breathed into it. Amen. He put value into the dust by putting his breath of life and making us a living soul. Amen. And when we receive the Spirit of God in our lives, we put treasure in this earthen vessel. Amen. And that's the greatest treasure that we can have in this life is God living inside of us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when we put our treasure in heaven, 
Our heart will be focused on heaven. Our goals will be focused on heaven. And our daily lives will be focused on heaven because that's where Jesus is and that's where we want to go. Amen. And it's becoming even more, not that it wasn't clear before, it's always been heaven's the best place to go. Amen. But if you don't, you just look around at what's going on in this world. Amen. The things of this world are going strangely dim as I look toward Jesus. Amen. And what, what you know, like the, the, the old song says, amen, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Praise God. I'm looking. Oh, Lord, open the door. Amen. The angels are beckoning me from heaven's open door. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So speaking of that strangely dim, that's that chorus we've sung many times. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his marvelous face. And the things of this earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Praise God. So we don't need to be disheartened. We don't need to take the tuck head. We don't need any of that. We, we just put ourselves and look at his face. Amen. Spending time in prayer and his word and fellowshipping with his people and coming to his house. And amen. And, you know, like it's like the filling station. Amen. Sometimes we come in here and we're on fumes. Amen. Fill it up. I need 20 gallons because I got to get out there and, and go. Praise God. Or if you're driving a, you know, battery car, then, you know, we'll just plug you in, right? Amen. But whatever, you know, you need to be recharged, refilled, whatever you want to call it. Praise the Lord. But somebody might say, you know, my life is, I, I make my choices and I try to do what I can. But, you know, my life sometimes is adversely affected because of the choices that other people around me make. You know, people that are involved in my life, you know, like family and friends and and maybe, you know, close work associates, schoolmates or whatever, you know, what their choices can adversely and negatively affect me. And that's true. Amen. However, it's our choice how to react to what happens because of their choice. Amen. We don't have to just, you know, react any way. It's our choice to react the right way. And God gives us that help. It's also our choice what attitude we're going to have as a result of the things that happen to us that are beyond our control. Amen. You know, because sometimes you receive a phone call that messes up your whole day or messes, you know, there's problems or situations. Somebody, this that happens or that happens. Amen. Some things are beyond our control. You know, if it was up to us, we wouldn't want that get that phone call. But you know, you can't help some things. But you can help how you react. You can help how what your actions are going to be. And I love this quote from Charles Swindoll. He's a he's a pretty well known uh, a pastor, uh, uh, retired now, but an author and a and a speaker, a motivational speaker. He said this. He said, "The longer I live." the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice 
every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. I am convinced, he said, that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Wow, listen to that. And he's coming from a lot of experience pastoring and different things. He said, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. It's your choice to make. Amen. It's my choice to make. Amen. So really, you know, is there really any wrong side of the bed? I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Watch out for me today, you know. There shouldn't be a wrong side of the bed. Yeah, we might got, we got up and we're not feeling good. Or we might got up and for some reason we're feeling ornery and cranky or whatever. But you know what? That's what before I leave the house, I got to say, if I'm going to have to line it up and get it right and talk to God. Amen. Because it's not fair for me to be, put that on somebody for no reason. I got I to gotta choose my attitude. I got to, it's my choice to make. Amen. Too many choices are also made based on incorrect, incorrect assumptions. We assume too many things, and that's not good. Amen. Because a lot of times we, we see something and we're, we, we're already, our wheels are turning, like we think we know everything about what's going on, and we might know, not, know nothing, but we're going to react because of that. We got to be careful. Because the word assume means to presume, to presuppose, to guess, to imagine, to dream. You know, like some people are dreaming and they're imagining things. To speculate, to theorize. There's a lot of theories that aren't right. Well, I got a lot of theories of what's going on over there. Uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes would be jealous of me because I know I, I'm a good detective, you know. Amen. But you know, on Sunday... Jessica taught a wonderful lesson on Sunday. Amen. A wonderful message. Amen. And you know, she talked about those 12 spies that Moses picked, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to go into the promised land. They, they hadn't been in the wilderness, you know, only a few years. Because, you know, they were in the wilderness 40 years total. But they were only a few years, about three, two or three years in there. And he decided to take them in, uh, uh, sent them into the, the bottom the southern part of the Canaan land, to spy it out. They went, and that Canaan land was also the promised land that God promised to Abraham. And you know, like Jessica said, they saw the large walled cities. They saw the people were well established in the land. And they also saw giants. And 10 of the 12 spies made incorrect assumptions, and they chose to give an evil report based on the incorrect assumptions. Amen. Numbers 13.33 said, There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. How do you know what you were in their sight? Well, we were in our sight. So we think we're grasshoppers? They must think we're grasshoppers. Well, look, there's giants, nine-footers over there. Look at these, these, these guys are, you know... This is well-established walled cities, and they have armies. They have trained soldiers. We're just a bunch of people that just came out of the wilderness here. We've been, in, you know, in Egypt, and we haven't been our own people for a long time here. But they made a supposition that, an assumption that we are small in their sight. See, it's a dangerous thing 
to compare or contrast yourself with others and draw incorrect conclusions based on those things. We can't do that because then we're going to make the wrong choice. And they made the wrong choice and it cost them dearly. And when we do this, we make irrational choices and decisions in life that we, it cause us regret. But when you have God in your life and you walk with Him daily and you trust Him and you commit your way to Him, He will go before you and He will prepare the way for you. And that's what He was doing for them. You see, what these spies did not realize was that the fear of God was already on the people of the land of Canaan. Word travels fast when miracles, signs, and wonders are happening. doesn't matter how far over it was. Amen. They were deathly afraid of the God that was over the children of Israel. Oh, but we're grasshoppers in our own sight, and they must think we're grasshoppers. Oh, no. Amen. Because I know it's a, several years in the future from this, when they gave this report, but when they actually crossed over and Joshua was leading them, Jericho was the first town, the first city, the great walled city of Jericho was right there at, on the other side of the Jordan River. Amen. And this time Joshua sent two spies in to check it out, to check just out that, city, that town, that city out. Amen. And those spies came into the home of a lady named Rahab and uh, she hid them. And she, she, she hid them from, because word got out that those spies had been sent, and she hid them and told everybody, hey, they, they, they went that away. And they all went that away, and they were hiding under the stuff. And then she let them escape, and she just said, please remember me and my family when you guys come. Amen. And she said these words, I know, Joshua 2.9, that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of land are faint-hearted because of you. That doesn't sound like grasshoppers to me. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt and when you did what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Amen. Praise God. Can you believe it? So they all heard about Egypt. Now that had happened 40 years ago, but they still were shaking in their boots about Egypt. And then they mentioned, you, and then on the other side of the Jordan, when you guys were still in the wilderness, you guys fought against two nations that, were, that had trained armies. The king of King Sihon and Og, Amen. Then you fought. They joined together and you beat both of those guys and their armies. I mean, your God did. Your God helped to do that. Amen. Now, I know when you read the book of Numbers that when the 12 spies went over there, they had not faced Og yet. They had not faced Sihon yet. That was coming a few years in the future before they would cross over to the Jordan. But I want to tell you something that's very ironic. Did you know that Og was a giant? 
And did you know that God, if they would have just believed God and just trusted God and said, you know what? I'm going to show you that we can take care you, you, that we can take care of the giants because you guys are going to go into that wilderness and you're going to come against Og who was a king and he was a giant and you with the help of me God I am going to help you defeat amen this giant king to show you that there's no giant that can stand before us so you can go into that Canaan land and you can beat all those other giants Amen. I'll tell you how big Og was. His bed was 13 feet long. 13 feet. Now, it's only six feet wide, but that was a you know, twin bed back in those days. <laughs> Just for him. Six feet by 13. Amen. So what I say is, don't forget who your God is, and don't forget what your God has done. That was the, that was the, the message. Don't forget who your God is, and don't forget what your God has done for you. Amen. And if we can clearly remember these two things, we will have the faith and the courage to face whatever comes our way in the future, whatever mountain and whatever giant. Amen. Because God did it before, and he'll do it again. And it's never been about our strength anyway. It's never been about our ability anyway. It's always been about Jesus and him alone. Amen. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Hallelujah. It also says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And the Bible said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So one author said, one person said, stop focusing on how stressed you are and remember how blessed you are. Amen. Oh, but I'm stressed. But are you blessed too? You know, you can be stressed and blessed at the same time and let the blessings overwhelm the stressings. Amen. Remember, it's the choice that you can make. It's the attitude. How am I going to take this? Am I just going to be all stressed out and forget about all what God has done for me or I'm going to be allowing the blessings of God to come on me and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. Some days are better than others, but I am blessed. He daily loads us with benefits. Amen. He blesses us all the time. So what I say is let all, let's always choose to believe the report of the Lord and not the report of man. Praise God. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that said, whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe the report of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. There's a song that was written about that. It's a, it's a scripture in Isaiah talking about the report. Amen. But the song says, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. That's what I'm going to believe. And then I'm going to make the choices based on that. I'm not going to make choices, 
amen, when I'm in the middle of stress. I'm not going to make choices when I'm in the middle of being worried about all this kind of stuff. I'm going to just, I got I to gotta be careful not to make rash decisions at the wrong time, making assumptions. Let me get all the facts and let me get before him and help him to get the peace of God in my heart so that I can make rational decisions with his peace and his comfort and his clarity of his word in my life. Amen. It's your choice to make. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.